Please join the Weekly Standard and Concerned Veterans for America for an important policy forum entitled Reforming the Pentagon, Deficit and Defense Hawks Needed. This free breakfast forum will take place the morning of Wednesday, September 18th at Charlie Palmer Steak in Washington, D.C. There is no charge to attend the event, and breakfast will be served. The event will be moderated by Weekly Standard senior writer Stephen F. Hayes, and the panel will feature an expert discussion on the future of the American defense budget with guests Senator Tom Coburn of Oklahoma, Richard Spencer from the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, and Thomas Donnelly of the American Enterprise Institute. For more information, including how to RSVP, please click the link below the podcast. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Mark Hemingway with the Weekly Standard, and he points out that Obamacare's unpopularity is somehow being blamed on the Republicans. Mark, how's that? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, that's the real head-scratcher about this. Um, there's a new USA Today Pew poll out today, and um, according to the actual, you know, you have sort of there are some graphs there, and you have to read sort of the fine print on the on the poll here. But but the top line from the poll here is that three years after President Obama signed his signature health care overhaul, Americans are as negative toward it as they ever have been, and disapproval of the president on the issue has reached a new high, um, which, you know. I, I, that is news, but it's also not news in the sense that Obamacare has been deeply unpopular since the beginning and even before it was passed. So when USA Today, when they went to write up their poll results that they were, they were releasing, here's the first paragraph. It says, Republican lawmakers have failed in dozens of attempts to repeal the Affordable Care Act, but a new USA Today Pew Research Center poll shows just how difficult they have made it for President Obama's signature legislative <laughs> achievement to succeed. Wait, how does the poll show how? I mean, if you said this legislative record or something, maybe, but the poll just shows that people really hate Obamacare. Um, yes, that is exactly right. And again, this is not news. Um, Democrats knew the law was unpopular when they passed it, and they insisted on passing it, um, passing it anyway. And, and I, I, it wasn't just unpopular, it was deeply unpopular, and it's remained so um, since they passed it. Now, they had in their minds somehow that when some of these provisions started kicking in, they would become popular. Like, they thought that this, um, like the provision that allows people to keep their children on their health insurance until t- to the age of 26, and some of these other, the pre-existing conditions, um, getting rid of pre-existing conditions is a, is a reason to de- deny some insurance, would make the law suddenly overwhelmingly popular, and it, it never has. Um, so when you consider it's never been popular, it's really unbelievable that you would suggest that Republicans, who, through their attempts to repeal the bill, repeal the bill, which is broadly reflective of the public's dislike of the legislation, are, are the ones making it difficult for the law to succeed. I mean, it was, it was doomed to, to failure from the start. What are the elements that people particularly don't like? I would have said at the beginning that it was the you know, tax requirement. Now that we know that it's a tax and not a fee when you uh, don't have uh, Obama-approved insurance. But uh, more and more, I'm hearing people bringing up the macroeconomic issue and this is not from like you know uh, uh, web types like us mark you know it's from normal people going i think this is hurting the job market my cousin my nephew my you know son-in-law couldn't get a full-time job and they're telling him it's because of obamacare yeah um i i think that's a huge part of it um as time goes on people are realizing that the law has significant economic um consequences you know if you you know you put in uh, provision there that says uh, that you know um, you have to charge and you know you have to pay for um, insurance 
every time you hire an additional employee, uh, every time you hire an additional employee over 50, people are going to stop hiring at 50 employees. You know, I mean, this is not rocket science. The incentives, I think, are becoming more obvious. But I think that that also misses. But, but I think there's also another issue here, which is that, you know, Democrats passed a 2,700-page bill that completely, re, you know, remakes uh, a huge percentage of the economy. Part of the reason why Americans don't like it is. A, they're inherently distrustful of government taking control of that much um, at once. And two, um, nobody knows what's in the bill. Um, you know, I think if you, you cornered the average American on the street and asked them to explain how the employer mandate work or how the right. independent payment advisory board is going to, you know, cut Medicare costs by, <laughs> you know, limiting the growth of Medicare's budget to half a percentage point plus, you know, the gross domestic product rate. I mean, people aren't going to have any idea about any of this stuff. So, um, you know, until they see benefits from it, they're going to hate the bill. And there's increasing, to the extent that we're seeing evidence of how the bill is working, there is no evidence to say that, it, it, that, that anyone would like it to begin with. Let me ask you a chicken and egg question. You see how unpopular Obamacare is, and President Obama's poll numbers are at an all-new low when it comes to the health care issue. It's also the case that Gallup found uh, just within the last few days that America's trust of government is at a 40-year low as well. So is it we don't like government, so we don't like Obamacare, or Obamacare is so awful it makes us hate government even more? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I that's your answer. That, a very Obama-like answer from you, Mark. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, I don't think it has to be either or. Um, but, you know, I was just reading something the other day um, uh, about how George Will is increasingly, he says he's increasingly calling himself a libertarian because our sinful government is just becoming sort of fundamentally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it's always true that Americans have had a distrust of centralizing power and, and um, the federal government. But I think it's also increasingly true that even those who are more inclined to trust the government see the government failing all over the place um you know to some extent mm-hmm. say watching the circus on syria you know fall apart um, right. before their eyes is going to make them distrustful of everything government does um in other arenas um the same way that you know the incompetence over obamacare probably made people suspect of how obama was going to handle foreign policy I mean, these things are all interrelated because it's about trust no, that's a very and, good point you know, and the other thing we have too is you have this wide gulf between the amount of trust people have every day in the private sector versus this government sector. I give a speech, you know, when people bring me to give speeches, called the envelope and the iPhone. And I just hold the two up as they look, there it yeah. is right there. It's yeah. not just that the envelope, you know, the postal service isn't that great, that the government health care system isn't that great, that Medicare is falling apart in front of our eyes. It's that you have this other huge part of our lives that is, has never been more efficient, never more responsive to the demands of consumers. And that gulf can't, I, I think, uh, Mark, cannot exist. And I think that's the opportunity for Republicans is not just to be against the envelope that is against the government-run, you know, goofy system, but to be pro the individually actualized, uh, operated, you know, freedom-oriented approach that makes your life better. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really good point, and I think it's particularly applicable to healthcare because you, know, you have a situation where, you know, so many of the advancements uh, in healthcare are, you know, technology-based. You mm-hmm. know, and, and if we look at this, how does technological innovation happen? Um, you know, it's not to say the government can't play a role in that or hasn't, you know, in, in various ways. But by and large, you know, the great technological advancements have always happened because, you know, we have, you know, gotten government mostly out of the picture rather than, you know, put them into it with a heavy hand regulating everything at every step of the process. 
Um, you know, it's not just a situation with the government coming in and, like, you know, trying to do one or two things where the market is failing to, to, to meet a need. Um, you know, and I, I think there might even have been a case for fixing the healthcare system with an issue like pre-existing conditions, which is a real quandary for mm. um, private insurance companies, you know, which is why some conservatives, a lot of respectable conservatives have argued for universal catastrophic right. insurance at a very low level. Um, but, you know, by and large, but, but to come in and try and run the entire healthcare system and to mandate electronic healthcare records, you know, according to certain specifications and dictate what each insurance company, what each insurance company plan must cover, you know, to the nth degree, and then to regulate how much insurance companies spend on overhead, and then just, you know, go on down the line, all the things that this legislation does is just a gigantic mistake, and so, I think it's pretty hard not to see that it, 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 that it is. So you see the mistake, so what is the right way to fight it? Is Paul Ryan right that we should delay Obamacare and kind of fight you know, piece by piece, or is uh, uh, Ted Cruz right that we should just defund Obamacare on the spot, kill it while it's still you know, starting to grow? I'm with Ryan on this. I mean, I think the issue here, uh, you know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, to some extent, both of these approaches are doomed so long as we have, you know, a Democratic Senate and a Democratic mm-hmm. president. But having said that, you know, if you're going to fight a doomed battle to make a rhetorical point, you should fight the one that is going to put you in the best position to fight in the future. And I think the delay issue is good because it doesn't have any of the negative political blowback consequences of, of trying to defund uh, Obamacare, um, um, which could lead to a government shutdown, you know, with the legislative approach that they're taking, which could in turn, you know, reflect poorly on Republicans, which could, you know, further hurt their chances to get elected and, and stay in the game uh, so that they can, you know, take they can take power eventually and repeal it altogether. Time for just one Whereas, more question. Time for one more question. I just want, because I want to get this specific, the, you know, uh, it seems to a lot of us dopes that the obvious thing to do is to not let the employer mandate uh, you know, delay, survive without the individual mandate along, you know, going along with mm-hmm. it. That seems like a smart beach to have your front, yeah. your fight on. Could, could could the Republicans do that? Is there will? Have you heard on, on Capitol Hill any talk about focusing like a laser beam on that one part? Because 90 percent of Americans are going to agree if you treat one group one way, you ought to treat the other group the same way. Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I have heard talk about it. I mean, I don't know how serious, you know, people are crafting legislation around, like, that particular issue. But that's a, that's a good example of, I think, a smart way to attack the bill. You know, point out the flaws and the, the hypocrisy and make, you know, the other side, you know, defend these things. Um, another good example of this is I know um, Representative Tom Cotton from Arkansas has been um, pushing legislation to make it so that uh, – um, 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 you know, Obamacare um, affects the um, the health plans of people who work on Capitol Hill equally, which you know lawmakers have been really reticent to you know do. They want sure. to get their gold plated, you know, health plans that you know they 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 got for themselves. So, I mean, I think that there are plenty of smart ways you can focus on this by 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 um, you know working around the margins of the legislation and pointing out how bad it is. But this is also, I think, why the delay strategy is 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 better than the fun one which is that this bill is so bad <laughs> just from a purely you know, legislative and implementation standard that it's very possible it'll just collapse on its own weight over time. Um, so you want to you know, do what you can to sort of like prod that along, if, especially if it's going to happen anyway. Um, so, um, 
and, and I think you can do that without the, the, the negative consequences and, you know, of, of trying to blanket defund it, especially when it doesn't have a chance. Mark, Either way, the same result, same result would be achieved, which is that we get rid of Obamacare. Mark Hemway, thanks so much for your time here on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.